Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Thursday, March 25th, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and he's now in a controlled environment in Indianapolis, getting ready for the Sweet 16 of the 2021 NCAA Tournament. Deadleg, how is life in a controlled environment? Do you feel safe? Is everything under control? How you doing in Indianapolis? I'm doing well. I'm 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 in my uh, hotel here. Uh, eager to see. Well, I don't know if I'll see you. I know you're coming next week. We won't be in the same hotel, but I'll be able to I'll be able to see your hotel outside my window, my hotel. But that's maybe good we'll news. Just look out. Maybe we'll open our windows and wave to each other. <laughs> I don't. I'm looking at. I don't think I. I actually don't think I can open my window. I'm a few floors up. But yes, maybe we'll just press our cheeks against the glass, our face cheeks, just to be clear here, and say I hello to the, each other. Uh, uh, Woody Allen Mia Farrow documentary. Did you watch that? Parish, there's no chance I watched this. Like what? No. By the way, Woody Allen's the worst. Yeah. I think I think that was established a long time ago, but whoo boy. Anyway, they used to have separate residences on opposite sides of Central Park, and they would. They could wave to each other from their residences, like turn on the lights and turn them on and off and off and on. And they would say, hey, and then he had an affair with her daughter. Sounds completely awful and abnormal there. Okay, so how about this, though? How about this? I make the drive yesterday, get up, pull out of my driveway, 5.50 a.m. Made amazing timing, by the way. Just phenomenal. I, I got here in about 12 hours, 10 minutes with two stops. It was wonderful. Let me stop you here for a second. How do you have the... Um, discipline to actually wake up and leave your house that morning. Like there has never been a driving trip in my life where I've like, if I got to be at the airport by six 15, cause the plane's leaving me, I'll do that. But there is no scenario where I could actually be out of my driveway that early when it, when it, it's not a hundred percent necessary for me to do it. Because when you live in, you know, the, the part of Connecticut that I live in and you got to drive through, you know, the Southwest corridor, if you will, uh, or what's really called the Northeast corridor with just ridiculous amounts of inbound traffic into New York city in the morning and northbound traffic back into Connecticut in the afternoon, you know, plenty of places in this country have absurd traffic, but that's just something that you don't want to get caught in. So if you don't leave at the right hour, you, wherever you are going will be extended by 30 minutes to 60 minutes to 80 minutes, depending on how bad it is. So if you want to know my motivation, that was my motivation. So I was. And, I, and, and you were like, I got to get out of here before these kids wake up. <laughs> I I'll actually did. Uh, I, 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 my, my oldest knew that I was leaving. So he actually heard me kind of creeping out. So I said, I said, uh, I kissed him goodbye before, but yes, I didn't wake up the younger one. So how about this? I'm on the road making great timing. You know, podcasts, music, making phone calls, all that good stuff. And at at 1.30 p.m., I get a text message. It's from my wife. You know what she sends me? Hmm. Order a, confirmation. It's a photo of our freezer 
All three of these just came and are chilling for you. The freaking pizzas got there five hours after I left. Are you kidding me? Are you I kidding? You, I, I told you they were on their way. I told you they were on their I way. Uh, thank you slash how dare you. I, it's just um, unreal. Unreal. Well, now you have something to look forward to. When you go back home, you get to see your wife and your children and some deep dish pizzas. That might not have been in the correct order, but nonetheless, you are you are right. Just they get, they get there right after I leave. Ah, just see, amazing. Should, should, I I was cracking up. You should have slept in. That's what I would have done. <laughs> slept in, spend the last morning with your boys, and then had a pizza for lunch, and then and then hopped in the car and started on that drive. Just, I was just cracking up when she sent me that. I could not believe it. But anyway, um, is this yeah. going to be the longest you've been away from home in like more than a year? It's going to be the longest I've been away from home in a. Actually, I think it's technically since I uh, when I it was 2013 when I went to Dallas for the regionals, and then I went straight from Dallas to Atlanta for the final four. And so I was gone at that point. I was gone like you know 19 straight days. I didn't have children at that point. Uh, I think that's the last time I was gone for like basically it'll be almost two full weeks, thir- 13 and a half days or whatever. So yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, Listen, I'm hunkered down here. Got my got my COVID test this morning. You got listen. You're you're a fully vaccinated man. I'm well aware of this. Fully vaccinated, but I think you got a brain tickling COVID test coming your way once you arrive next week. I mean, I oh. I'd only done like the, uh, the 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 simple anterior ones that they do, like right around the nostril. I've done those like 15 times. This one was my first experience where they're going back there. <laughs> they are going back there. But I got that done this morning, and now I'm in quarantine waiting results. Yeah, I've been getting tested every two days, even as a fully vaccinated man, because it's just like protocol at CBS. Like we walk into the CBS broadcast center into the entrance for the Drew Barrymore show. And there's a testing thing there. And apparently, like, I haven't seen Drew Barrymore, but she's like just walking around the broadcast center all the time, like walking her dog through the hallways and stuff. And so we go through the Drew Barrymore door and you go get tested and then you you go upstairs. But I've been getting tested every two days anyway. So, like, I, this sounds a little more whatever but i'll get through it if that's what i got to do to be at the ncaa tournament that's what i got to do to be at the ncaa tournament but yeah you know once i leave and i leave later today like i won't be home for another two weeks i won't be home till april 6th the day after the national title game and i was just gone for two weeks i was gone two weeks home for two days gone another two weeks and when i was gone this last time my my wife and my middle son went to hawaii um for spring break they had a friend, like you know, they had a friend with a boy around the same age, and they were like two moms and two seven-year-olds. Let's let's all let's just go to Hawaii for spring break. And I was like, I'll be gone anyway, so what do I care? Go have a good time. So they had a good time. But my little guy, my four-year-old, he went and stayed with my mother, his grandmother, for basically a, a week. It was the longest he's ever been away from home, and he was great. But when I got home a couple nights ago, uh, I said, Lou. Uh, I said, buddy, did you, cause he was so happy to see his brother and to see, like when I walked in the door, he was like, daddy, I missed you. And I was like, ask your older brother, Aiden, if he missed me. And the 18 year old just sort of like smirked and walked away. But I said, Lou, uh, did you think your whole family left you? And he said, I, I did think that because my whole family did leave me. <laughs> he was, he was a little, how are you doing was, this to your guy? What? I, he was like, he really was wondering if like, if this was just his life now living with uh. grandmommy and it was all over. And he was like, I just got a toy room and now I'm living over here, but everybody's good now. So, um, I, I hate leaving again so quickly, but I do look forward to getting in that controlled environment with you. Yeah, no, no doubt. Real quick uh, on the ground here, you know, pretty, um, uh, 
I don't want to say dead because it's not dead, but you know, it, you're used to going, and, and you'll see this when you get here because it's obviously different than when you what you've been experiencing in New York. Like when you get to, it's weird. Like when you get to a destination like this, it's for the final four, and it's just there's a whole. I mean, the city transforms because of this event, right? Well, I'm here, and it's not yet the final four. Like it's the Sweet Sixteen. The teams are here, but they're in their own hotels, obviously, and there will be some fans at some of these games upcoming. But there is not like you know. There's not that vibe to it, whatever. Indianapolis is pretty, I guess, normal, quiet. And it'll be interesting to see how much that changes once we get to a Final Four. But nevertheless, uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing you here, uh, I guess, in six days. But hey, let's, you know, let's talk Sweet 16. We got eight games that start in a couple of days and, uh, and plenty to dive into. So the Sweet 16 starts Saturday. Eight games over two days. Norlander, simple question for you. Upsets have defined the first two rounds of the 2021 NCAA Tournament. Does that continue, or will things start to straighten out a little bit from here? I think I know how you're going to answer this. Um, I, I think we're still going to have some more noise. That's my that's my honest guess here, because when we look at Saturday's matchups, I like the one that I'm most intrigued in is Villanova Baylor, just because like Baylor's got Baylor outclasses Villanova at the guard position by far, right? But you've got a coach on the other side who's won two national championships versus a coach who's yet to make a Final Four but should make his first this year in Scott Drew. You've got Syracuse with Jim Beheim, who's made a Final Four as a significant underdog uh, in the past decade against a Houston team that is in back-to-back Sweet 16s as a program for the first time since Elijah and Drexler were, were donning Cougars unis, okay? Oregon State, Loyola, I don't even know what, what where to go with that. I mean, anything's possible, I guess, but I would think Loyola. Loyola is the better team, and it's favored to win, but major conference opponent, we'll see. And then I do think that Oral Roberts, Arkansas, has a wonderful potential to be a close game. I'm, I'm quite excited, actually, to cover that one in person there. Uh, that's on Saturday. And then when you look at Sunday's games, yeah, like I have picked Florida State to make the Elite Eight in my bracket, so I think that there could be a case there. I'm not seeing UCLA, Alabama, not seeing Creighton, Gonzaga. So to a certain extent, yes, uh, this wasn't your exact question, GP, but if you want to go pure seed upset and not lines, if you ask me to set the over-under at 1.5 seed upsets this weekend for the Sweet 16 only, I would take the over. If it was 2.5, I might have to pump fake a little bit, but I still might take the over and go three. Yeah, some of these, though, um, are really close lines where it won't even be considered that big of an upset if the underdog wins. For instance, like Michigan's only minus two and a half against uh, Florida State. Uh, USC is only minus two and a half over Oregon. So those could be seed upsets, but, you know, one possession underdog is not that big of a deal. I, I agree with you. And I do like it. I, to me, just to, you know, Touch real quickly on what we did on our most recent podcast. I, I do like this blend here. Like, I know there's a couple maybe random games for a general sports audience. In our, like, I know Oral Roberts, Arkansas, it's fascinating because it's a, it's a 15 and a sweet 16. I understand that that's, that's not going to be the most highly rated game or anything like that. But I do like the blend here, again, of Hall of Fame coaches, programs that have made multiple sweet 16s in the past half decade plus here. So they've been in this spot. We're used to seeing a lot of these teams, you know, like Villanova, like Syracuse, uh, Loyola Chicago's only done it once, but they went to the Final Four. We're familiar with that. Michigan, Florida State, Oregon, Gonzaga. These teams have made it. And you get that blend, plus you get like 
fresh blood in terms of Alabama doing what it's doing. Obviously a football school, but a super compelling team. So we get a little bit of both. We get the, you know, we get the... We get the strange uh, upstart story of Oregon State, first team in 28 years to make the Sweet 16 after being 500 or worse 20 games into a season. And then you got, you know, still three one season, a couple of two still sticking around. So to me personally, I think it's the best of both worlds. And it's why I'm, I'm pretty excited. And I think both days, by the way, the way that each side of the bracket shakes out, it's pretty balanced. I don't think one day is necessarily that much better than the other. I will say the one thing I've enjoyed about this tournament is having all of the, like the left side's playing today and the right side's playing tomorrow. Like I dig that. I it just it. makes it so much cleaner. I don't know if it's um, the best way to do it going forward because, you know, you have teams in different pods and mm-hmm. they're regionalized and whatever. But just from a filling out a bracket perspective, it's a lot cleaner. I love it. And I, yeah, and not to get too far down the tangent, I wonder if, if, if we're ever going to do this again, you got to have the, um, the first four in one day so that they feed in, I guess, to one side of the bracket to make it. But yeah, I just like, it's symmetrical. And I just like the way that it's doing it and the way that it's playing out there. So yes, for Saturday, just to remind you, it will be the right side that will play out. And then on Sunday, the left side will flesh out to the Elite Eight. All right, we're going to dive into the eight Sweet 16 games specifically next. But first, let me make sure you know how crucial it is that you download the CBS Sports app. These NCAA tournament games are on multiple channels. It can get confusing, but it doesn't have to be if you've got that CBS Sports app. You can go get it on your connected TV or phone. And when you do, you're going to see every tournament game available to watch, whether it's on CBS or March Madness Live. The app is a gateway to all of the action. So go download the CBS Sports app now to make sure you never miss a minute of the NCAA tournament. Okay, dead leg, Sweet 16 this weekend, four games Saturday, four games Sunday. Let's discuss them. Should we pick them since our picks are so good? Let's, uh, let, yeah, let's, let's pick them. Are you aware that, I think you are, like we're, they're tracking all of our performances on the site in terms of against the spread and straight up and all that good stuff? Do you want me to, do you want me to inform you how we've been doing here? I, sure. Okay, we are separated by one game. You are against the spread. You are 26 and 25. I am 25 and 26. I'm going to read off the rest of our expert picks here. Jerry Palm is struggling. 21 and 30 against the spread. Chip Patterson. Hello, buddy. Host of Cover 3 Podcast. Go find that. 28 and 23 against the spread. Strong jaw Kyle Boone, 24 and 27. And then I share the same record as David Cobb, 25 and 26. So congrats to you. You are one game above the spread, picking strictly all NCAA tournament games to this point. Smoking you. <laughs> You're beating me by one game. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't start strutting when... <laughs> okay. All I'm right. already strutting. Okay. I'm strutting right now. Smoking You're 26 you. and 25. That's above 500. <laughs> All right, let's, let's above go. 500. Let's see what we got. Saturday, 240 Eastern, Oregon State versus Loyola Chicago. Ramblers are minus six and a half. You can watch it on CBS. It's America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. I want to be clear about one thing. I'm probably about to pull a parish here. So we did submit our picks against the spread uh, for all Sweet 16 games for the site. I don't remember everything I sent. There is a chance what I give you on this podcast will not match what I have on the site. Just so you know, I'm going to take Loyola Chicago to cover here. Uh, Oregon State, um, they've been just wild and and amazing uh, to this point. I actually talked with Oklahoma State coach Mike Boynton on my drive to Indianapolis, kind of a a season post-mortem deal. And he said... 
Oregon, I was like, I watched, I watched their, you know, past four or five games before they played us. And he said, I went back and I watched them in January and it is a different team. They don't like, they don't look anything at like when you look at the tape, if you were to pop on, you know, their PAC 12 title game versus something they played in the middle of January, it's not the same team whatsoever. He said, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Just completely different. Um, and credit to Wayne Tinkle for getting his guys, uh, you know, in this mode, it's been amazing. And weirdly, they're kind of in, they're kind of like Loyola from three years ago, only in that they haven't won dramatically in the last second the way the Ramblers did or anything like that, but they've been, they've just been playing loose, fun, and free. And now they're like, how often is a power conference team in a Sweet 16 spot where they are the, the underdog and everyone's rooting against them? Has this ever happened before? <laughs> Both an underdog and like very few people, apologies to Beaver Fever, but a very few people are going to be rooting for Oregon State to win this game. I will take Loyola Chicago to get the win, to get back to the Elite Eight three years after doing it with the number one rated defense in the country. I can't pick against Loyola to one, win after what I saw him do to Illinois. And two, given how well they're coached, how good that defense is, and how smoothly they are playing on offense, which has gotten overlooked a little bit, I will take the Ramblers to win and win somewhat comfortably. I can't wait to be in the building to watch this. Beaver fever going to be on your ass. I know. Beaver fever will not tolerate this disrespect. Are you of, about of, to take beaver fever? Of course not. I'm taking Loyola Chicago. Oh, I'm laying the points. I want us all. I need, to, I need to send this text message. I need to put it in Slack. We have to all pick Loyola Chicago straight up and to cover. Just to aggravate beaver fever. Okay. Not a bad plan. Strong jaw, if you're listening, Loyola minus six and a half. Um, to your point about Oregon State, like, listen, they went 10 and 10 in the Pac-12. That's not great. Um, but they're on a five-game winning streak now. And I guess the simplest way to put it is that when you're on a five-game winning streak that involves three wins in your conference tournament and two wins in the NCAA tournament, like, you're good. Like, I don't care what you were doing two months ago. Like, you're a good basketball team now. Um, the, the five game winning streak is against nothing but top 35 Ken Palm teams. So this is a, a, a team that is operating at a pretty high level right now. They shot 48% from three in the first round victory over Tennessee. And then I think you would agree. They, they took advantage of a subpar K Cunningham game in the round of 32. That's the best way to explain how they got here. They shot it tremendously against Tennessee and then Kate Cunningham was something less than what he can be uh, in the round of 32. So Oregon State in the Sweet 16, but I, I do think it ends right here. We've spent so much time talking about Loyola Chicago and how it was underseated. Uh, no sense in going back into that again, but I, I'm going to lay the points. Loyola Chicago uh, by six and a half. I, th I think they win the game by double digits. Um, Saturday, 515 Eastern, Villanova, Baylor, it's Bears minus seven. You can watch it on CBS America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. Yeah, first game, uh, Oregon State, Loyola, Chicago. That's at Banker's Life. This game is at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Um, I'm going to take I'm going to take Baylor to win and cover in this spot. But again, I if we look up with two minutes to go and. Nova's in it close. I won't be stunned because of, frankly, the fact that it's Villanova and it's Jay Wright. Um, and they've looked they've looked pretty well, you know, after not looking good for three straight games without Colin Gillespie. Uh, granted, they got, you know, they got a little bit of a favor with North Texas. No offense to JV and Hamlet. I understand. But they just, you know, again, 15 to 30 from three-point range to get to the Sweet 16 after. They beat Winthrop and they beat North Texas to get to this point. So Winthrop was good. I picked him to win. But if you want to spin it another way they beat 
a team from the Big South, and they beat a team from Conference USA to reach the Sweet 16. So if you want to have a little bit of skepticism over Villanova, I think that's fair. But this game uh, greatly intrigues me. I will ride with VU after seeing how it played in its first two games, particularly how it played against, uh, albeit bumpy Wisconsin, nonetheless, uh, they look in, in, in great form right now. And um, I, I, I think the Bears will win, but it, it, Nova will keep it interesting, but Bears cover. Yeah, like I always say, you, you never apologize for how you got to a Sweet 16. You just, you just hang the banner if you are a school that hangs banners for Sweet 16s. But it doesn't mean that we can't make note of it. They beat Winthrop in North Texas to get to the Sweet 16. Um, th- that's far different than, than trying to beat Baylor. I, I won't rule it out because Jay is outstanding, and, and there's still talented players on that roster. But I do think this is where losing Colin Gillespie matters. Like, you can get past those other two without Colin Gillespie because you're still Villanova, and you've still got Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and you've still got other talented players. But can I reasonably expect you to go out and, and you know, be in a one-possession game under four minutes to go against Baylor? Maybe. I won't rule it out, but I'll lay the points. Baylor minus seven against Villanova. Saturday, 725 Eastern, Oral Roberts against Arkansas. Razorbacks minus 11. You can watch it on TBS. This will also be at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. So, yeah, first two games on CBS, second two games on TBS, and I'm loving that the Sweet 16s are all standalones for the first time. Uh, I think that'll be a pretty great TV experience, even if we'll get spots where there might be a couple blowouts and you can't uh, go to another game there. Oral Roberts is the best foul shooting team in the country now. Um 82.4%. I wonder if that winds up mattering in a game like this. I spoke with Russell Springman, who is uh, an assistant for Oral Roberts and actually has a fascinating, uh, he has a fascinating story here, as as GP well knows, but the listeners might not be aware of this. Russell Springman was a longtime Rick Barnes assistant at Texas and in fact uh, was the person who was primarily responsible for getting uh, Kevin Durant to Texas. And and he named one of his children Durant. after Kevin Durant. And so he was there. Then Barnes loses the job, uh, gets fired. Uh, Springman winds up as an assistant at San Diego, uh, l- leaves there after a couple of years. He was a scout for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then he, a couple of years ago, uh, Paul Mills gets the job at Oral Roberts and he winds up on the staff there. And it's just like he had like he had the Mississippi State job uh, X amount of years ago. He's just got a, a really interesting uh, story we're sharing. And I was talking to him on my drive uh, as well on Wednesday into uh, into Indianapolis and he was saying this team has like not every team has a a resilient quality to it that you would want and there's nothing against it. like you enjoy every season every you know every player that you can get a chance to coach can bring uh, just certain benefits to to your life from a coaching perspective right but he said this group beyond just Max A Smith and Kevin O'Banner who have by the way have like they it's been awesome for Oral Roberts that not that they just have won the games but those were the two dudes at the top of every scouting report, and they still are getting it done, like, significant ways. And he said, we were down big in the Summit League twice. We came back we, to win those games, and then we get to the tournament. We're trailing Ohio State, like, with four minutes to go, whatever. We come back, we, we get it to OT, and we win. We are down by 11 with, like, seven to go in Florida. The, the guys just never seem to flinch. Like, we're not a perfect team sometimes. You know, some of the decisions we make, uh, you know, he's saying it in a uh, in a typical, like, you know, jocular coach way. Like, sometimes they'll drive us nuts, but 
they just have a belief about him, and this is awesome. This really, I mean, to, to have a 15 seed in the Sweet 16, like, this is only the second time it's happened, and we don't know. Like, it, it could happen maybe next year, but we could look up 20 years from now, and just the way the bracket breaks, like, we might not see this again for a decade plus or two decades there. So I think that there's a shot. Now, I understand that it's a double-digit line and all that stuff, but these teams did face each other earlier this year. And when Oral Roberts went to Arkansas uh, five days before Christmas, it did hold a 10-point halftime lead. Arkansas came back and won the game by 11. I don't know if those teams having played each other is an advantage to either one particularly. Uh, I do think it adds an interesting subtext to this whole matchup there. But I'm not seeing how Arkansas necessarily is going to shut down both of these guys. It is an, it is an elite defensive team. Um, I got to figure Jalen Tate, who is Arkansas's best defender, is going to be... I would imagine at 6'6", he would match up on the 6'8", O'Banner instead of 6'1", Ace Or maybe they'll deploy a whole set of looks. Either way, I'd love for this to be a competitive game and for Oral Roberts to make us really believe that there might be a chance here. Because when Dunk City happened, I actually covered their Sweet 16 game that year in 2013. It was at... Uh, Jerry's house in, in Dallas and it was it was just like a blah game GP Florida won 62 50 like it wasn't a blowout but I didn't think that Dunk City was going to have a shot basically from about the 12 minute mark on in the second half I'd love to be surprised here and uh, and and have Oral Roberts really be in the mix late so my pick is is going to be Arkansas to win but I will take Oral Roberts to cover you didn't tell people what Russ Springman named his son after KD it's Durant it's Slim Reaper Springman. Okay. <laughs> he named his kid Slim Slim Reaper Springman. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> if you say, you say, well, hey, what's your name, young man? Slim. Slim. What's your middle name? Slim Re- I'm Reaper. Oh I'm gosh. Slim Reaper Springman. Amazing. I should have named my kid Slim Reaper Springman. It's not too late. I feel like it is. It might be too late. <laughs> Actually, with like your it. youngest son, he, he'll, he, might just, he might believe anything at this point. You might want to try that. <laughs> My little dude thought his whole family left him. What in the world? And we're we're back, but but uh, but you're you're Slim Reaper Parish now. Okay, Daddy. Sounds yeah, good. yeah. I, okay, I'm I'm back. I'm back, and you get to live in your house again. But from now on, you got to go by Slim Reaper Parish. He yeah, probably actually, cut that it's, deal. It's a pretty badass name, to be honest. So I'd cut I'd cut that deal. Um, I'm gonna lay the points with Arkansas. Um, I, listen, Oral Roberts is a great story, but ultimately, you know. There's one example of this we've got in the history of the NCAA tournament, and it was a double-digit outcome by 12 points. I think Arkansas can cover this 11 here. Um, do you want to speculate? Let's talk specifically about the coaching matchup. So maybe you can get in Muss's post-game press conference. <laughs> Say something about Eric Musselman's ability to X and O in the Sweet 16. I think he's going to do a wonderful job here. I got to be honest. I think I think uh, Paul Mills versus Eric Musselman is is really one of the tougher coaching matchups of this, of this entire Sweet Sixteen to really uh, to really give a, a true advantage to. So maybe I've inadvertently uh, offended both of them by doing this, but no, I think it's I think it's equal. I'm not stepping into this trap. There's no shot. As as fun as it would be, as fun as it would be to have Must do that again. I think I think knowing him, he was probably just a a one and done there because it was one of those things where he said it and then. Um, he, you know, he then it, him saying it makes more headlines on top of the initial one, and he probably wants to avoid that again. But if he wants to call me out for this, I'm completely fine with it. Saturday, nine fifty-five Eastern, Syracuse against Houston Cougars minus six. You can watch it on TBS. Um, I was asked on HQ this week and on radio 
uh, you know, double digit seed most likely to move on. It's got to be this one. Agreed. Th- th- yes, I was asked the same thing on radio. Yeah, perhaps by the same radio host. T- and t- like double digit seed that can actually advance. And I, I think it's Syracuse for for two reasons. Um, one. Houston is awesome. Kelvin is awesome. That team will not overwhelm you from a talent perspective. I mean, they lost the AAC preseason player of the year midseason. It hasn't really mattered, but you know, Quentin Grimes, terrific. Should be an All-American, I think. But uh, you know, you're not – as a double-digit seed, like I think Oral Roberts as a double-digit seed is running into something it is not equipped to deal with. I, I, you know, I might be wrong, but I think – Remember when you watched Florida and Florida Gulf Coast, you just said it. And you were like, after about eight minutes, it was like, eh, this is not going to work out. I, I think we could watch Arkansas Oral Roberts. And after about eight minutes go, this is just not going to work out for Oral Roberts. I could see it working out for Syracuse. You've got Buddy Beheim playing at an outrageous level, averaging 28 points per game over the past four games. People now talking about him as a legitimate NBA prospect. Did you see his answer to the question yesterday when somebody asked him about, you know, the NBA? I was in a he car said, for 13 hours. I did not see this. He said, um, he said, that is so wild to me. He said, I'm telling you the truth. I've never once thought about being an NBA player, <laughs> which is the last thing you've ever heard uh, any, any college amazing. basketball players say. They all think they're NBA that's players. Awesome. Actually, that's, but, that's weirdly refreshing, by the way. Wow. I like that. Cool. He, he was like, I've never even... Like it's, I've never even contemplated maybe playing in the NBA someday, <laughs> and and yet like, he's a six six guard who really shoots it. Like why, you know? I, I mean I don't know, but like why can't he? I, I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Um, but he's playing at a high level. You've got that zone that is historically problematic, you know, in 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 one game situations in the tournament. Um, I'm taking Houston to win the game, but I'll take Syracuse plus the six. I got to take Hughes plus the six here. By the way, I love how you call them Syracuse. It's Syracuse, but your your Memphis accent goes Syracuse. Um, it's just adorable. I like it. Uh, I, Slim Reaper Springman. Uh, bring back Tulane, by the way. Bring it back. Um, you uh, actually shamed me into that one. Well, there's no shaming. I like it. It's just your it's just your accent, man. Tulane. Don't. I don't even. I'm not even comfortable saying that word anymore. Oh man, there's no shame. This is exactly it. why. Chris, this is exactly why Chrissy Teigen got off Twitter. Okay, I didn't. Okay, I was unaware that Chrissy Teigen got off Twitter, but I don't. Think, from I don't think the way you pronounced Syracuse and Tulane is 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 a parallel to that. I'm no, gonna, it's exactly the same thing. I'm going to, I'm going to take Houston to win, Syracuse to cover. Houston. It ranks better on offensive and defensive efficiency. Although I we can can we not totally see this game being like you know fifty eight fifty six and it's just hideous and it it's the roughest watch. Just like frankly Houston Rutgers was. That's why I'm going to take Syracuse to cover here. Um, Houston though ranks eleventh in defensive efficiency at Ken Palm. Offense is number seven. And uh, what's what's in- interesting about all this is Houston's the second best offensive rebounding team in the country, and then Syracuse because of the way that it plays, it's never good. Uh, on defensive rebounds ever uh, so it's among the worst in the entire sport I wonder if that winds up being um, just a significant deal and then the health of Dejan Giroux who's got the hip issue uh, him being an unknown just in terms of you know he was clearly battling through it in the first weekend will he be all the way better somewhat better I don't know I'm trying to hedge here Houston to win cues to cover Kelvin talked about it yesterday and said that he expects Dejan Giroux to play but the idea that he's going to be 100% is just not true. Like, you know, can we get him at 70, 75%? Like, we'll take it. 
but but he is going to be limited in, in what he can do based on this injury that just continues to linger. We'll get into Sunday's games next, starting with Gonzaga Creighton. Did I say both of those right? You did, yes. But first, check this out. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, we ripped through the Saturday games. Now let's move on to Sunday. Sunday, 210 Eastern. Creighton against Gonzaga. Zags minus 13 and a half. You can watch it on CBS, America's most watched network. It's Network of Stars. Chatted with one of my younger bros on the drive as well, and uh, he was trying to figure out what games to pick against the spread. He thinks I'm out of my mind for picking Gonzaga to cover here, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, they, Dude, they, they, they beat, they've beaten five teams better than Creighton by double digits. I know. He, he's like, the, the idea that they're playing in a Sweet 16 game and this is the line is outrageous, and it kind of is, but this is Gonzaga. This is how good and amazing they are this season. I, I'm going to take them to win and to cover. Uh, I, it, if they get pushed, if they get a real push here from Creighton, then uh, it would be a welcomed surprise. You know, Creighton's shooting 36.5% from three-point range, 559 from two-point range this season. Uh, that's that's solid. Gonzaga's better at both. It's the best two-point shooting team in not only the country, 63.6. It's currently the best two-point shooting team in the history of college basketball. There's never been a team that finished a season at 63.6% or better. Gonzaga's pacing itself to be the best inside the three-point arc team. Actually, the best two-point, and in, period. There was never a team in the 50s, 60s, 70s when there wasn't a three-point line that shot better than Gonzaga shooting inside uh, from two-point range this season. And 37.3, Gonzaga's actually upped its three-point accuracy quite a bit in the past three weeks or so. That's been a little bit of a, an overlooked storyline, so keep that in mind there. Um, I'm just... I'm not going to pick against them when it comes to the spread just yet. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But Gonzaga wins, and uh, it's an it's a fun watch. But they win by 17, is my guess, basically. Yeah, uh, and, and just before Creighton fans are in my mentions, uh, perhaps they haven't beaten five teams better than Creighton by double digits, but they've beaten multiple teams better than Creighton by double digits. And Creighton, it's it's interesting. Um, we just talked about Villanova. Like you don't apologize you know, for how you got to the Sweet 16, but you can make note that it was by beating Winthrop and North Texas. Creighton got to the Sweet 16 by beating UC Santa Barbara and Ohio. Again, don't apologize for it, but you just took advantage of it. But, like, you did take advantage of an advantageous path to the second weekend. Um, Creighton is good. I emphasize the word good. Just good. They're good on offense. They're good on defense. They're not great at anything. And I think to play with Gonzaga, you got to be great at something. I don't, I don't, I don't think they can play with them. 
I think if Gonzaga plays at a C level, it wins comfortably. And if it pays, plays at an A level, they win by 20. Yep, I agree. Sunday, 5 Eastern, Florida State against Michigan. Wolverines minus 2.5. You can watch it on CBS. Any update, Isaiah Livers, or just same deal as always here as far as we know? I'm just assuming he's not playing. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming that as well, and because of that, I've actually I've got I've got again I've got Florida State into the Elite Eight, so I'm going to pick them on the money line straight up, and just judging off of what I've seen uh, in our bracket group, other picks elsewhere, I can't remember the last time there was a four seed that was this trendy to make the Elite Eight. There are a lot of people who picked FSU to get this far, be it beating Michigan or be it if they had, like I did, LSU beating Michigan and then beating LSU in the in a Sweet 16 matchup, which doesn't exist here. So, yeah, 5 o'clock CBS. This will be at Banker's Life. I FSU has ridiculous length. It's the best. How about this stat? Florida State turns teams over almost 25% of the time on inbounds passes. Uh, strictly when you have to inbound the ball, one out of every four times, they turn you over. That is absurd. Tons of length. That, uh, that diamond look that they'll give you uh, sideline or baseline, it doesn't matter. Um, a limit, for Michigan, eliminating uh, turnovers will be highly significant, significant in this kind of game. Um, Michigan's just okay at not turning it over. Uh, or, you know, they rank 54th in America. I just brought up their Kempom page. That's decent. It's not elite level there. And they don't turn teams over, period. I like FSU in this in this matchup here. This, to me, is the most compelling of all of them. Uh, I, I wonder if you would agree on that or not. But, yeah, I will take the Seminoles who are in, this, who are in the second weekend for the third consecutive tournament under Leonard Hamilton, who's, uh, who's you know, just done a wonderful job. And Scotty Barnes, I, to me, this almost feels like this might be the game where people that listen to this podcast know who Scotty Barnes is, but this could be the, this could be the spot. It's like, okay, Scotty Barnes, lottery, top 10. Let's stop messing around here. I get the sense that could be coming here. In my bracket, I've got Michigan advancing and then losing to Alabama. But my bracket's trash, so I'll switch it up. I'll, I'll take the two and a half points with Florida State and I actually think Florida State could win the game um, for all of the reasons you've already noted. Um, if Michigan had Isaiah Livers, I would maybe take Michigan to go to the Final Four and then lose to Gonzaga. But I just think that matters. Like, of course it matters. We, can, we, don't, we can't debate whether it matters. We, we, we could just debate, like, how much it matters. And I think it, it doesn't matter enough in the first round doesn't matter enough in the second round. I think it matters too much against a team like Florida State. And so I'll take Florida State to, to not only cover that number, but, but, but win the game outright and advance into the Elite Eight. Sunday, 7-15 Eastern, UCLA against Alabama. Crimson Tide, minus six and a half. You can watch it on TBS. I think you're going to be put in a tough spot here, although maybe you'll, maybe you'll hedge. I'm going to take Bama. I, I got to take Bama. It's the second-best defensive team in the field. Only Loyola Chicago ranks better on a per-possession basis there. Um, UCLA has done a – just Nick Cron has done a great job. They ended the season with four straight wins – or four, excuse me, four straight losses, Colorado, Oregon, USC – Oregon State, um, three of those four teams are still in the NCAA tournament, and uh, UCLA is the other one. And then, you know, they come back and they beat Michigan State in overtime. They handled themselves 
extremely well against BYU. Like that outcome, actually, that, that genuinely surprised me. I did. I didn't think BYU was going to get beat the way that it got beat. And then they get Abilene Christian, uh, and they just you know they they beat them to bits and they beat them by twenty here. Bama. The thing is, when you look at what Bama is, and I know we've talked about it before, GP. It's assembled and plays differently than every other you know major conference team for the most part. Whatever. It's not just that. It's I looked at UCLA schedule. It hasn't like there's not a team that it has played that resembles Alabama. So I'm sure Mick and his staff have really had um, just a hell of a challenge. Just, you know, film scouting prep. Like this is, this is the team will just be preparing for this game in ways that they haven't had to prepare for another opponent the entire season. And UCLA is not an elite defensive group. In fact, the weird thing about UCLA since Cronin got there, they've been better on offense than defense. And that was not, it was the other way around when he was at Cincinnati. I'm, I'm going Bama. I, I, I think Mick can can coach this game to be close, but I'm I'm not going to go there. I, I think that Alabama will win by about ten points, so they'll win and they'll cover and they'll scoot along to the elite eight. I've got Alabama winning the game. I've got Alabama going to the final four. I love Alabama. I'm the one that nearly predicted what they did the other night. <laughs> Slim Reaper Springman, but I can't be disrespectful to Mick in this spot. So I feel like the way to, to split the difference here is take Alabama to win the game, but take UCLA plus six and a half. I knew that's what you were going to do. And listen, I can respect the move here. But in all seriousness, would you acknowledge that there's a real threat that Alabama wins this thing by 20 points? There's a real threat that Alabama wins every game by 20 points. Okay. I mean, but they're going to take 30 to 35 threes, and they might make 23 of them. I mean, I, you know, I'm not predicting Are you calling that. 23 for 35 right now? I'm not calling 23 from 35. I think they shoot just about their average in this game. I, I don't think they'll go off in this game the way that they went off in the last game. But to, to your, this is why I identified Alabama as like a, the most dangerous team in the country for other great teams. Like they are so committed to just launching that if they get hot like they did against Maryland, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, I, I think Gonzaga wins the national title, but I could see a scenario where we're in the final four and it's Alabama Gonzaga and Alabama does one of those 16 of 33s. And it's like, oh my, like, mm. you know, that's the scary thing about a single elimination tournament is that Alabama doesn't have to do that four times to advance. They just have to do it once against you. And if they do it once against you, you're in bad, bad trouble. I don't think they'll bomb UCLA out of the, out of the bracket, but, but to your point, absolutely. I, I, they could simply because they can do it to anybody given the style of play. Alabama to win, UCLA plus the six and a half. Johnny Juzang, he's going to have to keep going. He's averaging 15.1 points for the season, 22.3 points in this NCAA tournament. He's been terrific, and obviously if UCLA is going to have a chance at the upset, he's got to be terrific again. Last game of the weekend, Sunday, 945 Eastern, Oregon against USC Trojans minus two and a half. You can watch it on TBS. I love this one to wrap it up. Terrific matchup here. USC won the only meeting between these two uh, by 14 points. That was on USC's home floor. Uh, USC is the better defensive team. Uh, it's the third. It, it's only behind La Jolla and Alabama. It ranks top five in defensive efficiency uh, in the entire sport here. Oregon, obviously more offensively oriented, top 10 offense per possession per Ken Palm, and shooting 38.2% from three-point range. Um they will not repeat what they did against Iowa, Oregon. Uh, to remind you, 
They went nuts. 1.2 point, 1.27 points per possession on 11 of 25 shooting from three-point range for 44%. Uh, did a wonderful job there and kind of sliced up Iowa. USC is a different opponent. I had USC. I have USC in my Elite Eight. I had uh, the Trojans beating Iowa to get there. I'm going to maintain that. But this feels like too good of a game to not be maybe down to the final possession. Uh, so I will take Oregon. I'll take the Ducks to cover, but I'll take Evan Mobley to win. And, and in doing so, set up uh, an intriguing lead eight game that will feature potentially two of the three top NBA picks at vastly different positions. Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga, center USC, Evan Mobley. But uh, this will be a late finish. I get all that. But I, I, I kind of love that this is the last one of the, of the weekend for the Sweet 16 GP because I think it's got a great shot at being a one possession game with a minute to go. USC favored over the outright Pac-12 champions. So that's interesting. Um, this is one where I, I, these are very comparable teams in my mind. Um, built differently, but very comparable. Whichever one you gave me the points with, I think that's the one I would take. So I'll just take Oregon plus the two and a half. Now it's the Oregon team that you know, is 12 and three with Will Richardson in the lineup. Um, the, the top five scorers have combined to miss 20 games. Uh, like we previously noted, they'll never get in Folly Dante back this season, but everybody else that matters is ready to go. And since everybody else that matters has been going, they've been really, really good. So uh, I'll just take the outright Pac-12 champs that we just watched bomb Iowa. Uh, you're going to give me two and a half points with them. I'll, I'll take it. Who wins the game? I guess I'll take Oregon to win the game. But if I'm going to take them plus two and a half, but this is one that I'm with you. I, I think we're going to be up late. Well, I know we're going to be up late because um, we'll be podcasting after this game. But I think it's going to be under four, one possession game. Let's now let's see who makes more plays, Christy Orte or, or Evan Mobley. Yeah. Last note on this. Uh, USC is now up to sixth in Ken Palm, which ahead of Alabama, ahead of Loyola, ahead of Florida State. Oregon's down at 17 here. Um a bit of an overlooked thing there. And they, yeah, I think USC will win, but I, I do love this matchup. We ready to get out of here. You can get back to your controlled environment and I can finish packing. We can certainly do that. But just a reminder that it is madness time in the sports world with the NCAA tournament in full swing. So if you're a diehard sports fan, that means you want to stay in the know with not just the NCAA tournament, but all sports this week and weekend are actually loaded. So CBS sports HQ is your streaming answer. I will be on all the time on the ground here in Indianapolis, uh, in addition to GP in spot duty as he travels about the country, heading back to New York City. Uh, we've got MLB string training, the NBA trade deadline, which is wrapping up here on Thursday. Plenty of, uh, of time to get in and watch that. UFC 260, NFL free agency fallout continues in addition to golf picks for the U.S. men's national team. So if you are not already locked in on any device, smart TV, CBS Sports HQ is where it's at. Shouts to... Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle, legend. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Slim Reaper Springman. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Iowa College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. How far they stick that thing up your nose, dead leg? <sighs> Never had one that bad. That was I was I thought I was getting the simple one. Just, you know, little little bit on the in, inside of the nasal passage, right? But then it's a wonderfully nice woman. Un, undoes the package with uh, with the with the Q-tip deal in it. That thing's a good six inches long. I was like, "Oh, this is this is what we're this is what we're doing." It was a, uh, whew, I I ain't never seen one like that before. <laughs> she deep stroked you. A little brain tickling there. 
If you're not subscribed to the Island College Basketball Podcast, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And we will talk to you again Saturday night after the Sweet 16 games. It's going to be late, so night owls. We, we, we've got a we've got a uh, we, we've got a crew that that waits up and, and listens right then there. We appreciate you, but for most of the. <laughs> For most of the normal operating world, that will be ready for you bright and early on Sunday. But yes, we're going to podcast at some point once the Saturday Sweet 16 games wrap and we can get back to our hotels. So we'll talk to you again really, really soon. Till then, take care.